0: Welcome to Port City Politics. I'm WHQR News Director, Ben Shockman,
1: And I'm WECT investigative reporter, Michael Pratz.
0: And Pratz, you are uh, reporting live from New Hanover Regional Medical Center.
1: Yeah, yeah, unfortunately I am. It is not for an undercover sting. Um, it is, uh, I'm actually in here as a patient, been in here about four days now, hoping to get out shortly. Um, but yes, I am here. Uh, Don't worry, it is not part of our new segment, Ben, unless Ben's planning to be arrested next week, and you can report live from the jail. Uh, I hadn't planned it. Otherwise, I think we'll stick to the studio.
0: Fair enough. Your dedication dedication (laughs) is impressive and occasionally disturbing.
1: Well, here we are.
0: All right, so let's go ahead and talk about crimes great and small. First, I want to talk about uh, Columbus County Sheriff, former Columbus County Sheriff, Jody green. This is something, uh, we have not really covered, but W E C T has been all over it, uh, for mm-hmm. people who have somehow missed this, break this down.
1: Yeah. So this all started right before, uh, I guess it was late September, right before Ann McAdams left. Um, she has since, uh, she didn't get run off the job or anything like that. I know she dropped this story about Jody green and then she was out pretty much the next day. Um, nothing like that happened um she reported on this uh, a couple of phone call recordings were made uh where the now former sheriff jody green uh had made some very racist comments i'm not one of those that says oh racially charged discussions or uh we'll call it what it was it was racist um so had racist comments throughout uh throughout this and actually it's somewhat unique for us to see law enforcement uh, when they're accused of racism uh, not be against the people they are policing. Uh, in this instance, uh, former Sheriff Jody Green, who has since resigned and retired uh, resigned from office, was actually speaking about uh, fellow deputies. I got to be honest, I was not really covering Columbus County when a lot of the things happened with Jody Green taking office. Um, So I didn't cover that in too much detail, but obviously there were some concerns. There was a hang up there as to whether or not he would even be sworn in as sheriff uh, where he lived. There were some concerns there. Um, So there was a whole lot of issues that uh, surrounded his, you know, ascent to office in 2018. Um, These conversations stem from uh, I believe as far back as then. And basically, he's going uh, on these very angry and at times racist rants uh, against deputies within his own department. Uh, Jason Soules, who I believe is a uh, candidate who is also running for a sheriff in Columbus County, recorded some of these calls and he is the one that released these recordings. Now, A lot of people say, hey, is this the October surprise? Why did he wait two years? That sort of thing. Um, And similar to what we saw with uh, another story we did, which we don't need to rehash right now, but we spoke with someone else who had similar things saying, why are you bringing this up two years later? And long story short is it's kind of the same answer saying, hey, I didn't. I brought this to people's attention and nobody did anything about it. Um, Long story short, fast forward to now and within the past month or so district attorney john david who is columbus county's da uh i don't know the exact timeline series of events here so help me out if you can um but essentially he says he was first made aware of this after wect dropped the story um we don't know the veracity of those claims but we do have to take him for his word he is the da not that that means he wouldn't lie to us but Uh, I'll I'll take him at his word that this is the first he's actually hearing the tapes, whether or not he had heard about the possibility of them existing. Uh, As we've seen with New Hanover County, there are very nuanced answers here. (laughs) So um, whether or not he truly knew about it or did not know about it or had heard about it but hadn't heard the tapes, we might never know. But this kicked off a whole slew of drama within Columbus County. Um, Do you want to kind of break down some of that?
0: Yeah, so John David filed this petition to remove Jody Green as sheriff, and the short version of this is that during the hearing, uh, and, and Jody Green called these you know politically motivated attacks. He at one point apologized for language he used, but said that this was all, you know, just a political hit job. Um, at the same time as this petition to remove Jody Green was moving forward, there were also allegations. Um, coming out, that he had had a relationship with a deputy um, that led to some interesting property charges, uh, damage of property. Um, I don't know if that's a family-friendly story that we can tell. But basically, at a hearing for Jody Green's removal, he effectively resigned um, immediately. And so the first wave of reactions from people was, oh, good, you know, if you weren't a Jody Green fan, the reacts were, oh, good, Jody Green has resigned. The issue is over. Jody Green, within eight hours or so of that resignation, made it abundantly clear on Facebook that he is still very much running for sheriff. He's still on the ballot. um, And the Republican Party in Columbus County said that no plans to ask him to step down and said they in fact, they said they hope he wins big. So he still has the backing of the county GOP. He is still on the ballot. And he basically said, the reason I resigned was to stop this whole petition process. So now there won't be a distraction from the last couple weeks of the election. So just to be clear, his resignation uh, basically paused that process. Uh, John David, who covers, I believe, Bladen, Brunswick, and Columbus County, has said he has an ethical duty to refile this petition if Jody Green wins. Now Green won by just a couple dozen votes. I believe four years ago. Um, So it's it's expected to be a hotly contested race. So this is basically what has happened at this point, though, is that the petition to remove him is now moot. Um, John David would bring it back or file a new one um, if he were to win. But he's very much on the ballot and he's been pretty unrepentant.
1: Yeah. And. You know, a lot of this. There's a few things here that I that I could really spend a lot of time breaking this down on the political science level. Um, but as you and I have seen in these sorts of motions and lawsuits, um, one of the one of the greatest things for us as journalists and the greatest things for the public is honestly the transparency that comes out of them. How transparent the court process typically is, unless a judge. Uh, you know, files a seal under some documents, you get to see this all play out in public. And having this play out in public before an election, um, some of these accusations and, you know, John David says he has independent evidence of, you know, from at least three three different places, as well as his own independently corroborated evidence of uh, the sheriff's alleged, uh, you know, affair with a deputy who worked you know who worked or works for the department um there's all sorts of different allegations and having that come out especially when you run on ima um the the campaign and how jody green has been over the past four years uh you know he he has bible verses on the walls um which have led to questions as to whether or not that's legal um he is a you know a, a a self-proclaimed Christian, Uh, a lot of this stuff is, you know, at least according to the Bible, um, would not be very Christian behavior. Um, But it is, you know, it it could cast that doubt. So waiting until the election's over, if he does win, dealing with it then, he won't lose any votes. Whereas the possibility is there now. So the, the skeptic in me has to say, you know, is that, truly did he if he truly cared about you know putting his constituents through this which you know really it, it if you put some through it now or if you put some through it starting october 9th like what's the difference um so that doesn't really hold a whole lot of water to me the other question is whether or not petitioning to remove someone from office before their term is up does that roll over into the next one john david says yes it does court opinions have said yes it does so you know if he was hoping that just resigning from office with two or three or four weeks left uh would do anything to stop this it won't so that's kind of where we are with this there's a lot of nuances there's a lot of national attention on this actually i think uh the Breakfast Club? The podcast?
0: Yeah, with Charlemagne the God.
1: Uh, I believe they were talking about this on yesterday's morning show. Um, so it is getting a lot of national attention. Um, yeah, I mean, just yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, the allegations ranging from having uh, a sexual relationship with one of his deputies to using his power to intimidate other people. I mean, to be clear, these are allegations. One thing that is non-allegation, this is a, a matter of fact, is that John David has giglioed. Jody Green. Um, And this is something that district attorneys get to decide. Giglio is a Supreme Court case often paired with Brady. So Brady and Giglio cover both what police have to turn over in terms of possibly exculpatory evidence and what prosecutors have to turn over to defense attorneys uh, along the same lines. And so Giglio effectively means Uh, When someone is Giglioed, it means this law enforcement officer can no longer be trusted for a number of reasons. In this case, John David said it was racial bias. And I want to point out that this to me is a huge flaw in the Giglio system because many people assume that if, if an officer's misconduct is so bad that they can no longer be trusted to testify in a court of law, that they would effectively not have a law enforcement career anymore. And we've seen over and over again that that is just not true. Um, So the fact that you now have a sitting sheriff or a potential sitting sheriff, rather, that could be Giglioed is, to me, is my personal opinion, just kind of an embarrassment to the Giglio system.
1: Yeah. And, you know, here's here's the other issue with it. I don't want to dive too deep into this. I think it's probably a decent place to kind of wrap this. Uh, But. Sheriffs don't frequently get called to the stand to testify. So does Giglio impairing a sheriff really do anything? And I think that's kind of your point. Um, is that this is embarrassment and uh, the fact that, you know, the the Giglio system and which comes from two different Supreme Court rulings. If you want to read about that, just look it up. There's a lot of information out there. And Ben and I could go con law on you for uh, for eight hours. You don't want that unless you want it to put you to sleep. Um, but yes, uh, it is somewhat concerning it doesn't lose your law license uh or your your certification to whatever whatever it is you know in order to be a sheriff to be a law enforcement officer you have to you know go through the blet and hold the certifications it doesn't pull any of that it just basically says hey this guy has been accused or has been uh he's had complaints sustained against him for bias or racism or whatever it may be and then a defense attorney is probably never or i uh Uh, prosecuting attorney is likely never going to allow you to take the stand in a case which makes your job as a law enforcement officer very difficult to do because half of it is enforcing the law the other half is you know getting that getting it through to the courts to get a uh, you know ultimately what the police want is to get someone to be found guilty
0: yeah and uh, to your point yeah sheriffs um, I can't remember the last time I've seen a sheriff him or herself testify in court but the Giglio review panels that DAs oversee is, is often held out as an oversight board of sorts over law enforcement. And my point here is that it doesn't seem to have enough teeth. Um, but I think we should move on because uh, I know that you could be pulled out of your room by a nurse at any moment. Uh, I could. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Nelson Bollier. He's an incumbent Democrat on the New Hanover County Board of Education. He's running for re-election in what has been – I think it's fair to say, pretty tense and pretty close race. Uh, Nelson passed through the primary after a series of recounts by just a couple votes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this story is effectively about him getting caught on video uh, what appears to be removing or at least attempting to remove a sign. And mm-hmm. it was a I believe this was at the Northeast Extension Library that's one of the major polling places uh, and also sort of a Republican stronghold.
1: That's right next to Landfall.
0: Right next to Landfall, yeah. And so the sign said, Nelson Bollier voted against teacher raises. And if you haven't followed the school board, the last name is B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. So if you think I'm mispronouncing it, I'm not. That's who we're talking about. Nelson Nelson Bollier. So in the video, uh, which I believe is narrated by Ashley Strand, who's a campaign volunteer for Melissa Mason, a Republican challenger in that school election, uh, basically (laughs) challenges Nelson, why are you removing this sign? And Nelson's defense, um, I believe, is that he's claiming that there needs to be um, what's called a disclosure on the sign. Uh, And this is – you've seen this if you've received uh, one of the many, many, many campaign flyers, um, which I sometimes (laughs) refer to as the herpes of democracy. Yes. Uh, They have filled your – if you look at the bottom, it will say, you know, paid for by the campaign to reelect X or paid for by the Americans for prosperity or the Americans against prosperity, whatever um, now, under North Carolina law, that covers a lot of things, including billboards, cards, newspapers, magazines, mass mailings, pamphlets, flyers, periodicals, and uh, outdoor advertising facilities. It does not cover yard signs. So yes. Nelson's argument, and this was based on a law passed uh, effective, uh, I think it was December 1st, 2021. Um, mm-hmm. it, there is just kind of a carve out for yard signs. Uh, as long as they are smaller than 50 square feet, which this one was, that would be a pretty big yard sign. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I don't think Nelson's argument holds up any holds any water. And so there was a deputy on the scene who took Nelson's information um, and the manufacturer of the sign, Neil Shulman, who perhaps you have covered in other issues. He is, Mm -hmm. I think, safe to say a hawk for the First Amendment.
1: Yeah. And not that I mean, I, I, too, am a hawk. We have different approaches. But hey.
0: Uh, so, Schulman made this sign. He also, uh, unless I'm mistaken, made signs criticizing Julia Olson Bozeman, now a moot point, uh, at least in terms of the election. Um, and I believe he has also made signs criticizing um, current county commissioner candidate Rob Zappel, the incumbent Democratic candidate. Um, in any case, he does not appear to have violated the law. This appears to have been legally placed, um, because if you go there, there are hundreds of signs at that library. <laughs> And so right now, uh, as last time I checked with the New Hanover County Sheriff's Office, Nelson is under investigation for larceny, uh, which I believe is a uh, this would be, I think, a third degree misdemeanor. So this is not a crime (laughs) of of huge magnitude, but it is against the law.
1: Yeah, it it is. And again, I let me just go ahead and say, I would never, ever, ever want to run for politics because there is no way I would be okay with these things. And I understand, um, where Nelson's anger and frustrations might be coming from. He didn't, you know, go mow these signs over with his car, um, or, you know, really destroy them. He was removing it. Who's to say what he was going to do with it. But again, at the end of the day, this is politics. This is the way things work. Um, frustrating it may be uh but unless the law is actually explicitly clear what what it appears and i'm not a lawyer and i'm not a judge and i'm not a police officer so i won't say one way or the other um if what he did violated the law that's just not our role um but you can't do it you can't go around removing people's signs we've seen stories year after year after year um the video you know often video is taken that shows one side of a story maybe starts in media arrests where you might not see the entire thing. Um, but Nelson did put out a statement. Uh, I think we can probably link that to here, uh, put it in the text and the web story so you can just read it for yourself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's politics one oh one. You just don't, you don't do that. And especially when you've had such a close call, making it even to this point with the recounts, um, You know, you got to wonder if this is going to be something that hurts his chances of reelection.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just to be clear, what what we're saying here is that factually, it is a class three misdemeanor for a person to steal, to face, vandalize or unlawfully remove a political sign that is lawfully placed. So the two questions of fact here is, did Nelson do something that counts as unlawfully removing? Because he did put the sign back, um, as he told both, uh, I believe, Ashley Strand and the deputy. And I believe he also told that to Port City Daily. Um, And he's on the video saying, hey, I put it back. And also the question is whether or not that sign was lawfully placed. I believe it was. That's my interpretation based on the video. Maybe that one sign was in some way violating the law. I don't think so. But those are the questions of fact. Um, And again, to be very clear, as of this morning, there's an investigation, but no charges have been pressed, although Neil Schulman is adamant that he would like to press those charges. So that's where we're at. And I, I will say in the broader sense. Uh, We did not run a story when we first heard about this Uh, we got the video last week, I think and that is because You mentioned October surprises. So the bar for October surprises, which is if you're not familiar a Potentially negative story about a candidate that drops in October (laughs) surprise right before the election When a candidate might not have fully the time to investigate the charges or be exonerated Um, You really have to dig in and, and think about whether or not you want to run those stories in this case there wasn't you know there was an investigation but not a charge and also there's been so much and i'm just going to say this so much childish petty stuff around signs we have been contacted by numerous candidates in multiple races about other candidates signs being illegally placed or too large or you know and that's to say nothing of um the all the stuff around what people say in their campaign ads which are usually very loaded and very carefully, semantically created to just skirt the limits of libel and slander. So there's a lot, and it's not possible for any one newsroom to fact check all of this campaign literature or to run down every time someone has put a sign somewhere they shouldn't. The number of times people have sent me photos of one of their campaign signs in a dumpster and asked us to investigate it, I, we just do not have the resources. And all of this is on top of the pretty well-accepted fact in the political science world that campaign signs don't really move the needle. A lot of yeah. candidates like to see them. They sometimes equate the number of signs with their with how much public support they're getting. But there was a great piece in the Washington Post that pointed out that campaign signs have about as much impact on an election as campaign mailers, which is to say most people just throw them out.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I think that's... That perfectly sums it up. I mean, it's, it does help get your name out there, but, uh, you know, more than anything, I've never seen anybody say, Hey, I love to see those signs. I mean, it's always like, we always get the emails of, uh, when the hell can these signs come down? That is the general consensus of emails I have ever seen in all of my time covering politics. I've never seen anybody excited for a sign except for signs like this that do directly bash people. Um, then people do get excited and they, you know, some people find it funny. Uh, But again, at the end of the day, it's a lot of, uh, like you said, childish uh, and very, very petty. I mean, you also, you look at, as you were mentioning, some of these television ads, some of these signs. um, A lot of them focus on bringing and cutting other people down as opposed to touting what you can do, um, which I think is really... Uh, especially over the past six years or so, I would say people are getting pretty sick of hearing people just bashing each other and not bringing anything to the table. uh, But just, you know, saying, I don't like these, uh, these differences of policies, but I'm just going to attack and not bring my own thing. So yes, we don't cover every single one of these. This did get a little more attention and did rise to that level when Nelson did put out his statement and was acknowledging it. It's not to say we weren't looking into it when we first got sent this. I don't want people to think that we're just ignoring this based off of politics or any sort of reason like that. But we do have to give, certain things have to breathe. Um, we've got to get the full story and just sending us a video. Uh, while it does tell a big portion of the story, it would be irresponsible for us not to cover you know, the other things. And the question that remains uh, that I just personally haven't seen is what is the uh the fact behind nelson actually voting against teacher raises
0: yeah so let's talk about that just for a moment and port city dale did an article about this and i want to be clear that i'm not disparaging them for running it i thought they added some nice context, and they did get comment from nelson about this but the sign says you know nelson voted against teacher raises and i'm not entirely sure because it's look it's just a campaign sign i'm not 100 percent sure what it's referring to but it's probably referring to Nelson's opinion that they weren't going to be able to get to a $17 an hour minimum wage for um, basically the, the staff. So these are teachers, assist everything from teachers, assistants to bus drivers and stuff like that. Um, and that was a pretty public fight. I mean, there was definitely, you know, people who wanted to try and use um, ARPA funds so COVID relief funds. And Nelson's argument was you can't really do that because you're artificially propping up someone's salary with federal money that's going to run out. So then in a couple of years, you either have to then you're forced to change your budget and you might not have the money or you're put in an awkward situation where you actually have to roll someone's salary back. Um, Right. So that's awkward. And then, you know, there was there was an attempt by the school board to go back to the county after it had kind of put up put together a budget and ask for more money. And Nelson said publicly in a meeting that he felt like blindsiding the county with a last-minute request for an additional money would basically damage the relationship between the board of ed and the county commissioners because this district does get a lot of supplemental funding from the county. Um, now, you must was might know, he wrong? Was he wrong? Um, and I, I think that's politically astute because many of the county commissioners said. Hey, we're really upset that you've come to us at the last minute, and so you might not yeah. like what Nelson said, but he's in terms of politically reading the room. I don't think he was wrong at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a more accurate sign might have been, you know, Nelson didn't support uh, a higher minimum wage for staff employees. But and and for the record, Nelson has called these signs libelous, so he doesn't agree with it. Uh, but certainly, it's cashing in or tapping into uh, resentment we've seen in the comment section about Nelson who maybe is sometimes too honest about political reality, um, who knows. But I don't, I don't wanna weigh in on whether or not that was a good choice, but I think there's a, factually, there's a disconnect between what the sign is saying and what Nelson actually did as a Board of Education member.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You think that's a good place to leave this?
0: I think it's a perfect place to leave it. Um, thank you so much for joining us from the hospital. Enjoy your Jello and get the hell out of there soon.
1: Awesome, man, all right, thank you. All right,
0: and uh, we'll, all right. for the rest of you, we'll see you in a week.
1: All right, see you then.